Hey, what's happening, my friends? Good afternoon on this Friday. It is October 7th. Fucked October. What the fuck am I talking about? It's August 7th, 2020. <clears throat> Heading home after a, a pretty decently paced, pleasant Friday afternoon. Overcast, 82 degrees. Been fairly pro- prolific with my podcasting over the past week, and I'm proud of myself with that. I really, I'll tell you what, I, I enjoy if people would fucking accelerate in a decent fucking rate with your di- goddamn Hyundai Tucson. <clears throat> Trash moving. And you, fucking guy with the big daddy caddy behind me, cherry red friggin' mask down around your chin. I'm glad the weekend is here, my friends. It's been a good week, largely. Of course, we had that storm came in, told you all about that already. A lot of people I spoke to today were also astounded at the power of that storm and uh, were thankful to have been relatively unscathed. So, topic for conversation, I got a few minutes before I pull into the house. Uh, there's this excellent little meme or a quote that I'm, I'll post here or I'll, I'll make mention. I posted it on Facebook. So this is the, uh, this is the, the verbiage of it. Stand by. All right. So... It's on this page, Philosophy and Reason, one of the pages that I like to ascribe to or subscribe to, as opposed to some bullshit TMZ, what are the celebrities doing? I don't give a fuck what they're doing, all right? I don't want to hear about any of the fucking drama. There's too much drama in the world. I'm looking to get away from that and not tap into more of that. So Philosophy and Reason, hell to the yes. That's what I like to turn my attention to. So here is the, uh, the tweet by the captain. A fact is information minus emotion. An opinion is information plus experience. Ignorance is an opinion lacking information. And stupidity is an opinion that ignores a fact. So let's break those down for a second here. Fact is information minus emotion. So I would add a fact that a fact is accurate information minus emotion. But definitely the emotion, emotional component, uh, you know, you can take out the emotion when you can be certain that your information is accurate. Now, Sometimes objectivity is elusive. It's difficult for us to determine with a degree of certainty that this is the case. But we have, there are a lot of ways where we can um, be objective. We can use things like science and math, um, scientific method, in order to come to some conclusions about things and say, okay, this is about as factual as you're going to get. Next. An opinion is information plus experience. So you're entitled to your opinion. Opinion. And infor- uh, opinions are like assholes. Everybody has one. And that's true because we all have our own experiences. So 
you got some information to base your opinion on and the way that you happen to see it based upon your experiences. Well, my experience has been, and there's information, uh, with the, given the information provided, I can deduce, you know, this is what I think, and that's fair. Ignorance is an opinion lacking information. So if you have an, an uninformed opinion, right, so um, it's just the way you feel, it's what your gut tells you, or the way you were raised, or what your religion says, or, you know, whatever this particular dogma that you've uh, digested and incorporated into your every fiber of your being, it's the way you feel, but there's no evidence to back up your feelings. And then finally, stupidity is an inf- is an opinion that ignores a fact. So if 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 your opinion flies in the face of facts, then you're ignorant because you should know better. You should listen to uh, the best data that we have available, at the very least. In order to base your opinions and and, uh, and your uh, your actions, the way you behave, on fact, don't we all want to do that? So a couple for perspective, and I think that was awesome. I got a lot of likes on that post, so a lot of people seem to appreciate that it breaks down and uh, defines. these terms, these common terms, because I feel like the world needs like rules of the road right now. What is a fact? What is an opinion? You know, what is ignorance? Because we should be trying to base our actions and our thoughts, not in that order, on the best available information. So here's context. I, I have a friend of mine, okay, I haven't seen in years, but <clears throat> she's in a prominent position locally, politically. Has had some, has made the headlines over the past month or so for making some pretty outrageous claims, like, for instance, during civil uprising, civil um, disturbance, protests, all that shit against racism. This individual said that systemic racism doesn't exist. And this individual, again, is a friend of mine. I've shared time with her. Very smart person. Okay. She is not uh, she does not deal entirely with facts, though. She deals upon... Uh, she'll try to incorporate facts, and she she would be an excellent lawyer or private investigator or something like that because she has this worldview, and she lives according to it and makes her decisions and tries to distort the rest and mold the world around her worldview. said that systemic racism doesn't exist and said some other things and uh, these are her opinions 
Now, I think there are some evidences of systemic racism. I think that there are um, some, the outrage in our society these days, particularly around, you know, Black Lives Matter and um, law enforcement encounters with minorities and people getting shot and killed. And I, I do believe that there are historic A, a uh, historic consensus regarding mistreatment of minorities, black and brown people getting shit deals, um, and we have an infrastructure in place politically, societally, overall, that enables this to kind of go on. So they say that uh, be, a, be a white male in America, like you're to be born a white male in America in good health, you are born on third base, so you ain't got far to run, and you're making it home, you know, you're successful, whereas African Americans, for instance, let's say somebody growing up in an urban environment, not a lot of opportunity, not a lot of uh, good education, healthcare, jobs, all this stuff, there are some problems in, in our society with inequality, and it's glaring, it's well known, we fought friggin' civil war over this, and there are still some remnants of this that remain, and they're causing problems because they persist, and they make life unfair for other human beings, other members of our species. So this person, a a friend of mine who I love and respect quite a bit, but I happen to disagree uh, significantly on this matter, she's ignorant to the facts, okay? People have, or they have their opinions and they live and die by their opinions. And the problem is that they don't recognize a fact when they see it. They have a belief and they have what they feel is sufficient evidence to support that belief. And she has, she would be one that would have at least some studies ready or some data. But the problem is the data, she cherry picks it to support her opinion. So it would be from Fox News or some conservatives um, organization that would you know, you should say, that. oh, you know, it's just people, it's not the society, no, there's not a, we don't have um, inequality knitted into the fabric of our society, it's not that, it's not systemic, nobody's out to get you, that's not entirely true, okay, so this person is in a, functions on a school board, caught a shitload of grief about this, had calls for her resignation, Rightfully so, I believe, and uh, ultimately she was not voted out. Um, but I think that there's a, an obvious sentiment that um, taxpayers, families, parents within the school district have a real, many of them, at least half, have a problem with her freedom of speech when she says these things and then she's simultaneously 
going to be helping make decisions about education and and they're going to influence that's going to affect their children children within the school district so there's that the other day they somebody they're spying her and they're trying to cancel her which I don't think is I respect her ability and her right to speak freely but uh, said the other day something about masks she's like anti-mask there's no data to suggest masks are going to save us and that you know, this is all you got to do is be six feet apart and kids should go back to school and all this stuff. I don't believe, I know there's a crazy time and we talked about the war on sense-making and some of the problems that exist with, um, with our ability to extract objective, objective data from subjective, like to discern signal from noise, right? I've been yammering on about that. However, this is an unfamiliar virus that we're learning about more and more. We need every sort of measure that we can, every hand, all hands on deck, everyone needs to chip in and make sure that they, we're we're being as safe as we can possibly be. And we're making the decisions when it comes to kids returning to school, thousands of kids returning that we're not making bad decisions and doing things just because we think, you know, our philosophy is that we just need to, kids need to go back to school. Yeah, a very complex issue. I want my kids in a social situation. I want their sports to continue. I want them to be able to learn face-to-face. Both of them are, you know, are in middle school. They would be in middle school together. It's an opportunity for them to grow and learn, and, and quarantine has been hell on a lot of people, but it hasn't killed a lot of people. I mean, sure, there'll be people who are frazzled mentally, but which is worse, catching a, um, uh, the coronavirus and dying, becoming sick, becoming, uh, impaired, giving the virus, passing it on to your classmates and teammates and families and grandparents and people who are immune compromised. We have a responsibility to act collectively and it requires everybody just like cooperating. So if the data is, if the data strongly suggests that, you know, we should cancel sports for the fall because we want to avoid uh, gatherings of more than this many people or that, then we should do that. And yeah, I'm, I'm disappointed that the, the football and cheer season are canceled. But I'm glad my kids are safe and and my community is safe and that we're trying to make the right decisions for all. I feel like America, in America we've got so many freedoms that we almost don't know what to do with them. It's fuck, It fucks with us, you know. Everything is like your personal rights. I'm glad we have them. I'm not a socialist. But we're always friggin' bellyaching about our rights being infringed and this, that, and the other thing. Sometimes you have to act collectively. You have to act out of the best interests of the group that you are a part of. And you're not going to like it, but you have to say, you know what, if that's what everybody agrees... 
if this is the consensus, if this is what our professionals who do this for a living say is the right way to function, then this is what we do. So there's that relative, that, that quote, that tweet that I read out earlier. Think about what is a fact, what is an opinion, what does it mean to be uh, following fact and opinion and acting on behalf of that versus being somebody who just does what you want to do because this is the way you feel. Well, we feel things all the time, you know, and it doesn't always mean that we need to act based upon those feelings, you know, we have a, we have a big brain with which to can crunch the numbers on, we should be able to, these computers that we have, that our bodies are, that our mind is, are to crunch numbers and enable us to really make the tough decisions. But when people's feelings get in the way, it fucks everything up. So we need to know when to be emotional and act on our feelings, and we need to know when we should listen to people who are experts in the field and kind of take their word for it. We don't want to take anybody's word for it. And it's true. I mean, there are memes all over uh, social media right now social, where they're saying, yeah, you know, I went to school for, you know, I have a PhD in microbiology and infectious disease and da 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 and I work for Johns Hopkins and uh, so on and so forth. But, you know, Mitchell on Facebook says that he doesn't think so. He doesn't think that that my idea is, is right. Well, you know, no, no one's infallible and science can be wrong, but seriously, if you extrapolate it to anything else, if you extrapolate it to, um, you know, a plumbing problem in our house or, uh, an electrical issue, I want to put some, some new lighting in the house. Well, I'm pretty handy guy. I'm, I can follow instructions, but I don't know if I really want to mess with house current, you know? I feel like I could get hurt, maybe. And so, I don't want to do that, you know? I don't want to get hurt. I don't want to die, get fried, because I'm meddling in something that I don't know about. On another note, a friend of mine, you know, a family member of mine, we locked horns before about... Uh, various things, political stuff, climate change, so on and so forth, told me, told me the other day that, uh, shared a article with me about how Donald Trump is going to be, because of this legislation that he's pushing through, it's going to protect the national parks. And I think that she was trying to be kind, but we've we and point out that this is hey look this is good this is happening that's great you like nature this is awesome what's happening right and I feel like saying yeah but you got to look at Donald Trump's record with the environment he's basically uh, deregulated the entire energy sector um, he shits all over the environment I don't know I'll certainly recognize it if there's a 
it's factual that he's doing something positive. And right now is definitely a time that he would be scoring some points if he did things like this. Like, you got to potentially, you know, months left in office, bro. Um, I hope so. I hope he gets the fuck out of there and we get somebody new in there. Joe Biden, okay. Get a good, uh, preferably female vice president in there. Strong, female, smart for vice president. So if all the people worried about Joe's cognitive function, uh, if there's any facts to that, that he's just over the hill and, and can't function very well, that we got somebody to back him up well. And a shit-hot cabinet and everything else. Democrat, Republican, I don't really care. Definitely want Trump out because I don't... He, if you think about that quote we talked about, that, that tweet, he is an ignoramus. He is somebody who, based, d- despite information, solid, accurate information, despite factual information, the best facts that we have, he'll ignore them based upon the way he feels or um, the effect that this this fact might have on his chances for re-election or um, how they the facts might make him look. For instance, he's really done a shitty job responding to this coronavirus. Granted, it's no easy task to respond appropriate because it's something we haven't had to deal with for a very long time. You know, a hundred years since something this bad has occurred and we're just not prepared for it. We were completely blindsided with all of our crazy budgets for um, in every area, but especially our military, our defense budget. We apparently were not prepared for a pandemic and he his responses are just absolutely ignorant about masks, about uh, testing, about medications, about kids going back to school and businesses opening up. He really hasn't done a lot right. I Again, I'll give you that this is a kind of relatively unprecedented in, in the last however many decades since I've been alive, certainly. I've never seen anything like this, so it's terrible. And it's one reason, perhaps, why he might not get reelected. I hope. But, you know, this would test anybody. But we got to respond appropriately and based upon facts. So my friend here, my family member says, uh, oh, Donald Trump, look, he's going to save the uh, national parks. Well, you know, <clears throat> Teddy Roosevelt established the national parks uh, decades ago. And they're wonderful, and we definitely need to preserve them. And anything that Trump can do to bolster that support for open lands and nature across our country and the world, I think that that is wonderful. And I'll give him the credit on that. But I had to kind of fire back, yeah, you know, here's an article. These are all the areas of the environment that he deregulated and and affected in a negative way. <clears throat> so he hasn't been. It would be something new if he is now standing by the environment because he doesn't believe in climate change. So uh, my my family member here said, 
yeah, well, you know, you know that I don't believe in climate change, in man-made climate change, which we had a little tussle about that before, and, you know, it's just ridiculous. You don't believe in man-made climate change. And I, I wonder what that's about. Like, where, where does that come from? This person is quite religious. Uh, this person is a Republican. And there is a tendency for the Republican side. Is it because of the economic impact that, like, a green regulation would have? That it would regulate things like energy and businesses and oil drilling and, you know, like, there's a, there's a lot of history, a lot of legislation that precedes this sort of thing. And the precedent is that, you know, they say, oh, Democrats think Republicans don't like the environment. We love the environment. And the reason why, uh, all these, uh, uh, Trump deregulated everything is because there's reasons for that. Well, what are those reasons? And are those reasons, do they have to do with facts? Or is it the way that he happens to feel or a particular industry ha- happens to feel about the impact that it would have? Like, why haven't we made the shift to solar energy and more electric vehicles? Why is this there? Why is there such a niche for this right now? Now that you know, like, like she, uh, this individual could not make the connection apparently between um, the footprint. Like, okay, man-made climate change is not um, the assertion is that man-made climate change is not real. That that is a fabrication, and we could. I, I don't understand how that happens. Like, is is the assertion then that? that human beings couldn't possibly have an impact on this glorious earth. And what I say to that is, the facts are, we used to think that the earth was the center of everything, and that human beings were at the center of everything. We were, like, favored, and it was all about us and our relationship, our personal relationship with God. And so, well, you know, we're... It's all at the center of the earth, and we can the notion that we could do anything to hurt the earth, that's just not real. Well, look at the numbers of human beings. Look at any other ecosystem or, I don't know, like think about your hometown. My hometown in the Pine Barrens of New Jersey was dirt roads and pine trees and sugar sand and endless trails and amber streams. You know, the Cedar Creek would course all throughout and connect the lake network that we had, that man-made lakes we built in our community. And my little town with its ice cream trucks pulling around at the lake and, and the little stores and the, the, the schools, the two schools that you could go to and the community that I grew up in that I remember so fondly uh, at midlife. At midlife. And now it has grown exponentially. They got a Walmart. The little hardware stores have dried up and been taken over by big box stores. There's a Lowe's in town. There's more development. Every square foot of land is 
developed and more businesses and more industries and more people and more waste of all kinds. And so as human beings develop the earth and take a hold, it's it's just like, you know, do you get angry? Do you get, I, I, I mentioned this the other day in a podcast, the lakes that I grew up around. Yes, there were man-made lakes, uh, cedar swamps drained and created, uh, you know, dredged, and we put these lakes in, and we went down there and cooled off in the lakes and hung out and just spent time watching the water flow over the dam and the foam that would result and fished for pickerel and painted turtles and, you know, just that's where I grew up, going out in the woods drinking beer. It was a great life. So... You look at now those lakes and they're closed because of uh, bacteria and they blame it on the Canadian geese, which it could be, but there's also a lot of development, a lot of people, a lot of waste. And uh, clearly, we would like to have those natural resources back, right? We'd like to be able to go down there and swim in those lakes and raise our children in those communities. But that's one example of how, well, this is all gone now. This is all fucked up. Used to be able to, there was, used to be a lot of fish in this aquifer, in this, um, in these waters, in the Chesapeake, in the, on the Atlantic. There used to be shitloads of shellfish, you know, industries and all this stuff. Well, you know, we, when our population rises and we dominate the world, we've, we've made the earth our bitch, you don't think that that man-made that we could emit enough pollution, enough CO two, enough pollution of all kinds to poison an aquifer or ruin a river or you know pollute the ocean, harvest all the fish, shellfish. Um, Think about all the creatures and resources that are no more. Think about those little creeks in your community. How are they doing? You know, how many Superfund sites do you have in the vicinity? Do you know that? Do you care? Are you, do you have your pulse on things like that? Your finger on the pulse of, of uh, the impact that we have on our world. So certainly we have an impact on our world. Do we have it enough of an impact to change the climate? The scientific consensus is that yes, we do. And if we don't, we will at some point. We're at what, seven, eight billion people on the earth. How long until that doubles? And what will those what will the what does the future look like in terms of of open land and trees and fresh water, oceans where you could go out and, and actually, um, in good conscience, take a bounty of fish or shellfish or harvest something from that those waters and count on it being that resource being there next time you go out, whether that's crabbing or fishing or whatever the fuck, you know, we take more than we give, 
And that's a fact. I said it before. I'll say it again. You can't extract infinite resources from a finite planet. We just don't have it all here. We can't keep taking and not giving back. And so this is why people are interested in uh, geothermal power and uh, solar power and growing organic food and regulating industries that just want to produce products and sell them despite clear evidence that it is hurting somebody. In a lot of cases, it's hurting us. If you look at some of the food and drink and bad habits we have, we make a lot of waste. And so regarding that issue, whether we're talking about the coronavirus and how we should approach uh, life and safety, how we should live our lives uh, based upon this particular critter, this virus that has taken over and, and caused a lot of hysteria. Granted. Excuse me. So there are a lot of people who are scared, and when people are scared, they'll act out of emotion, right? Not out of fact. So we don't want people to be paralyzed, to be paralyzed in terms of not moving, not budging, not going out of their houses. We want life to continue. But let's take this pause right now to figure out how we could maybe do things a little bit better, a little bit cleaner, a little bit smarter, and think about the long term. And there's got to be something out there. Our educational system, um, we need to to give some credence, some um, authority, some... We need to be able to distinguish between human beings and how they feel and what the facts actually are and how we we can act more based upon facts, not feelings. And that's all I have to say about that.